If you've been following along with this publication for any period of time, you'll be familiar with the focus of the writing to provide an introduction to God and his kingdom. Every great story introduces us to a character. This one is no different, introducing God and his kingdom of heaven. And while we say introduction, for many of us, this means a reintroduction, a reminder, or a greater understanding of something we already saw in part, but not yet the full. As the pastor Robert Robinson penned in 1758, we are prone to wander. We still sing his words today because they are as true for us as they were for his original audience. Prone to wander. We may sing loudly and agree with at face value. Yes, I still stumble. I still do the things I don't want to do sometimes. Yet it is more than these things. We are prone to wander at a deeper level than just our conscious choices to willfully disobey or to let the fire grow cold. Our wandering manifests in each of our natural senses. We look away from Jesus. We lose sight of him and fix our eyes elsewhere. As did Peter, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. We hear other voices more clearly than his. As Leonard Ravenhill used to say, Lord, at the judgment seat, don't stand there in your majesty and read the record of my poor life and say, son, I had many things to tell you, but you couldn't bear them. You were too occupied. Your ears were catching other voices, but not mine. We are satisfied to hold on to the substance of the right now rather than taking hold of the substance of things hoped for and refusing to let go regardless of the cost. We no longer speak as the oracles of God. Instead, we speak words without knowledge. And the aroma of our prayers never reaches the throne of God because we do not pray as we ought. And the goal for this publication is to reverse the course, to remind us, to reintroduce us, to revive us, to live wholeheartedly in light of God and his kingdom. We live in a temporary world, we know this. Yet this temporary world is visible. It is in front of our faces. We are confronted by it and its cares on a minute by minute basis. Thus, we are compelled to see, to hear, to possess, to speak, and to give our meditations away cheaply, wasting them on pass passing pleasures, rather than reserving the best of each of these precious God-given senses for the Creator Himself. So we have this seemingly valid justification of living in a visible world and feeling compelled to give it the first and best of our response. But in reality, we have no excuse. We have seen and heard too much. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. This is true. Prone to leave the God I love? Yes, definitely. Yet here is something just as true. We are prone, but not helpless. Compelled, but not controlled. So let us then inquire of the Lord that he would stir and awaken love now at this right time. As I sat to write, pondering the day in which we live and the complex issues at hand, a clarifying thought came to my mind. What is it about God that I am fascinated by this week? For if I were to summarize the wandering of our senses from above, it could fairly be traced back to this place a lack of fascination in God and the kingdom of God. A small booklet published in 1834 by the Reverend John Angel James succinctly describes the state of this unfascinated, uh, uh, the, succinctly describes the state of this unfascinated soul. Oh, fateful, awful, destructive indifference. Are we fascinated or are we indifferent? 
Reverend James goes on to explain a path away from indifference towards the understanding which would compel us to inquire anxiously after the Lord. He says the first mental exercise is attention, and the next is reflection. For as we give him attention and as we reflect upon him, he leads us into understanding. And it is in this place of growing in our grace and knowledge of God, seeing him for who he is, that we are made able to continually respond in fascination. Fascination breaks the cycle of indifference. Today, let us ask him to renew our fascination. Let us cast aside every weight, distraction, temptation, or earthly care that would seek to ensnare us. The means by which he answers this prayer will be unique to you, but the seeking of this renewal will be the same for each of us. Repent, turn aside, get alone with God and his word, humble yourself before him with a broken heart, ask in faith, and then be quiet before him and wait. Even today, stop, find your Bible, and open to Psalm 38 and 39. These two chapters lead us through this process of repentance, humility, and silence, culminating in the most supreme act of faith, waiting. I'll read a few of the verses for us. O Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. Man's busy life indeed is but a phantom, making an empty ado, amassing wealth, and knowing not who is to have his hoard. For I am but a guest of thine, a sojourner, temporary inhabitant, as all my fathers were. But I am like a mute man who does not open his mouth, and in whose mouth are no rebukes. I am mute, I do not open my mouth. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. Let us be fascinated enough by God today to wait for him.